Hi, I'm Kathleen O'Quinn, and I'm your host of Smart Kindness Podcast. Uh, I have with me today a very special guest, uh, Sammy Freeze from Vox. And today we're going to be talking about an alphabetical chat on well-being at the personal and community levels. Sammy Freeze, can you tell us more about yourself? Can you say hello? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. First off, really happy to be here. Uh, my name is Sammy Fries. I'm currently an engagement manager at Vox.com. I get to work on our Future Perfect section, which is a section that talks about big issues through the lens of effective altruism. And that's a social and philosophical movement where you use data and evidence to try and figure out how to do the most good by looking at different cause areas and different programs in there. So it's, it's really great to be working on a new project that's different than what any other media company has been able to do in the past. Uh, to really spread these kind of ideas. So really happy to do that today. And I think there's some great overlap with what you're doing with the Smart Kindness podcast. So really grateful uh, to be here. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. And I'm just so happy and grateful that you could uh, join us for this episode. Uh, I, I remember when I first met you and I heard about the work that you're doing, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, this is like smart kindness personified. Uh, so, um, <laughs> thanks for saying that. <laughs> I feel like it's just great serendipity to, uh, have you here today and to be able to have this fun alphabetical chat about different things that are smart and kind. Yeah, sure. Thanks. <coughs> it's really an honor. Thank you. Okay. So without delay, we will start with the letter A. And for A, a word that popped into my mind was acknowledgement, uh, putting your energy toward supporting a work in progress. When we focus on what's going right, we open ourselves up to the wisdom of positive concentration. Um, I know a lot of us have a yoga practice uh, for our bodies, but there's also a yoga practice for our minds. Uh, there's a book, a series of lessons in Raja Yoga, and this book just, I'm so happy to have learned about it this year. It focuses, it, one thing that this book reveals is that as we focus our attention on a subject, that subject, be it a pencil, be it the light bulb, whatever it is, it begins to slowly reveal itself to us. It slowly explains to us how it exists and the myriad uses that it can give to us in return. So acknowledging something to apply our vision toward a solution also you know I, I think about if you if you focus on a conflict you can be open to identifying the challenges but if you're all the more committed to studying the answers and acknowledging the answers provided by other people um, that is a way of applying our attention with smart kindness uh, <laughs> any thoughts Sammy yeah, no, I, I think that's great. There's so much that I feel like we have to acknowledge in the world and so much good work that's being done. Uh, nothing in particular is really coming to mind mm -hmm. that uh, I'd love to shout out right now, but I think it's good to be mindful all the time. There's a lot of big issues that are going on in the world, and it's very easy to get swallowed up in them. Mm -hmm. So uh, taking a break to do yoga and taking a look at some uh, wisdom and positive energy and mm -hmm. such a, a cruel you know, political climate that we live in. I think it's an important thing to do and really glad that you uh, shouted this one out here. Okay, thanks. Uh, so our next letter is B. <laughs> and two things came to mind. There's being. And being 
when you're being in a state of stillness and quiet, it opens a pathway to calm. And calm is a nurturing energy. I think we can all agree. Um, but the yeah. other item that came to mind was a nonprofit called Back on My Feet. And this is really quite a fascinating nonprofit. Uh, it was founded by the Solid Core founder, Anne Malham, uh, in the early 2000s. And what it does is it connects homeless people with uh, adults who are running every morning before work uh, and ultimately with high-paying jobs, relatively high-paying jobs, double minimum wage. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think more than 1,500 homeless people alone have been gainfully employed uh, with Marriott Hotels through this program. And that's just one slice of a success story there. But it all started from a place of uh, compassion. Uh, Anne was running every morning before going to work, and one day she just thought, why don't I not just say hello to the people that I'm running past, but why don't I invite them to run with me? And then she just naturally was inspired to create this nonprofit that's now scaled to all these different states. And so back on my feet, it, it's a smart and kind idea uh, because when you improve a community's employment status, you help to build a calmer community. And so I thought that was a smart and kind idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So I, I agree. I, I know we talked about back on my feet when we last got lunch a few weeks ago, and um, I, I know we're able to talk of it then. It's great to see that we're able to make this one into the podcast. I, I think that economic development is definitely something that we're seeing more and more of these days. There's a lot of income inequality, and it's good that there's a way to address this and have fun at the same time. And it's, it's really fantastic to see that this project has scaled and been able to yeah. not just help one community, but you know you can have this model that you can bring to a lot of other communities as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, so thinking about letter C, collaboration came to mind. Uh, when you're working together across sectors, engaging diverse stakeholders, uh, it's not only a compassionate way about going you know, about creating um, uh, new agreements, but it's also a smart way. When you collaborate, you gain the necessary components for a sustainable agreement. Uh, for a sustainable agreement, you have to, one, have an expanded view of the community needs. That's also known as you, you got to learn the unknown unknowns. You got to learn mm -hmm. what those are. And then, two, you need an expanded pool of resources if you're going to actually meet all of those needs. So in some, acknowledging the ecosystem helps, you know, it leads to a comprehensive solution. It's smart kindness. You know, collaboration is how you do that. So, Yeah, definitely. I, I think so much we're focused on ourselves, but ultimately I think a big important of smart kindness is reaching out to others and learning more about how you can best help yourself, best help what you're doing, and best help the world. So this is a really, really important part. Uh, we're running a story soon on um, these schools in Zambia. And oftentimes, people that work in economic development in, in Africa, they think, you know, these governments there, they're so corrupt and they have a lot of issues, so we should just work about it and, and not collaborate with the governments. But instead, what they've taken a look at is building these education programs in places where you know, maybe 34% 
of students mm -hmm. in second grade there. They could only read one word. Um, but what they've done is they've worked with the government to make sure that uh, they can have scalable systems in place all across Zambia so that they can have these That's remedial nice. training stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really good to see that they're going in and you know, being non-judgmental, but saying, hey, we have these tools from outside and we'd like to work alongside you to make sure that people here that really need the help can get the help that they so desperately need. Um, so that's one small thing I'd like to acknowledge. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think in general, it'd be great to see that we work together um, and help build a more better future. Absolutely. And that's so great. I mean, it just shows, you know, one way that collaboration between uh, outside supporters and the nation's government, it's, it's improving the quality of life for a, a whole new generation, really. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Shout out to Zimbabwe. <laughs> or Zambia. Oh, Zambia. Zambia. Sorry. No worries. Yeah, and that was, uh, it was a J-PAL um, program. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but if you have notes, I can send that over and make sure that we can include it there. Oh, excellent. Excellent sure. idea. Yes, thank you. All right, perfect. Um, moving on to the letter D, Dharma is the word that has been kind of swirling around my head for the last couple of months. And, you know, caveat here, there are many different connotations for this word. However, I'm focusing on one particular idea. Uh, it's the idea that when I, when I heard of this particular definition or meaning, I felt inspired because, to me, it just felt like smart kindness. Mm. The meaning of dharma here is it's when life, you're at a point in life and you've spotted a passion. It doesn't have to be your single purpose for life, but it's one of your many purposes, you know, and you've, you've spotted it, you know that you have in your heart a purpose that you want to address. And then secondly, you also have the means to joyfully serve that purpose. So it's, uh, I think what Zadie Smith, a really uh, great author, talks about this idea of fitting, where, where things fit, and I guess in my own words, it's just when your passionate compassion is met with a gift of competence. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's a smart kindness, you know. Um, so dharma, that's... That's great. I've never heard of that definition of dharma. I feel like it's usually much more intangible, but I, I love that because you can really put that action of dharma into play in, in our lives. Uh, I feel very fortunate that I was able to choose my career and take a look yeah. at what I wanted to do, and I think it's great that I'm able to, you know, really evangelize ideas that I care about and help people that are writing them to, uh, you know, have further reach, and it's exactly what we're doing here today. I feel like we're able to put our dharma into action by spreading the idea of smart kindness, and that's, it's really beautiful. Yeah, and it feels good. Okay. <laughs> great. Um, Everyone that's listening right now, you just missed <laughs> some great dance moves that Kathleen did. Top <laughs> secret information. Okay. You'll never know what it looked like. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Moving on. <laughs> Top secret now. Okay. Um, sorry. So I, I'm actually off for the letter E, which uh, we're doing effective altruism. And as I hinted at before, effective altruism is a movement of people and programs that are working at an institutional or personal level to figure out how to do the most good. Uh, so that looks like um, taking a look at our resources and maximizing those 
to have the most impact in the world. At the end of the day, we realize that we all have limited resources. You know, that means our time, our money, and our skills. So we, we take a look at what sort of skills we can build up, what good we can do in our careers, uh, what sort of things might be helpful to study, and what sort of knowledge gaps are there in the world that we might be able to help fill. Um, but we also take a look at our monetary resources. I think a lot of us that are in the developed world uh, have a lot of access to lifestyles that people across the world don't have. Uh, like the average poverty rate across the world is, is only about $2 a day. It's mm. really... Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So um, even if you're living in the States and say you make $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so when, yeah. when we think about income inequality in the 1%, we usually think of people making, you know, tens, hundreds of yeah. millions of dollars in America. But, I mean, in fact, like, a lot of people don't have beds. They don't have sofas. They mm. don't have washing machines. Um, mm. And this type of poverty, we don't get to see so much in America. So uh, a lot of people are really interested in addressing that. But there's so many issues with uh, animal suffering. Mm -hmm. you know, how can we best figure out? Uh, to protect animals and help mm -hmm. the most animals as possible. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do care about economic development or public health. Uh, how do we eradicate different diseases mm -hmm. like malaria yeah. and, and do that as quickly as possible? Um, something that's more wonky that people are working on is called X risks, which we'll talk about yes. in a little <laughs> bit, um, which I feel Let like there could be many, many podcasts. There could maybe be a podcast series on it. Um, oh and my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may, maybe a bit too much for, for this audience, but mm. it, it's something I'm interested in. And we're starting to write more of that content um, in Future Perfect in 2019. So. Oh, yeah, and it's a noble <laughs> cause. But, but they'll find out. You'll have to stick around that's for right. the letter X to find yeah. out about X risk. That's right. That's right. Be sure to, to tune in. Um, and the, the last cause area is just promoting effective altruism, trying mm. to figure out how can we get other people to do good and do good more often mm -hmm. and do good better? And that's luckily something that I get to talk about and uh, evangelize. And again, we're talking about it today. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a wonderful thing. And it's hopefully it's everywhere always. So uh, for the letter E oh. also, so that was great. Thank you for helping us understand um, effective altruism. Um, a couple of other uh terms that came to mind were exercise. Uh, that's pretty fairly obvious. It's having the result of a healthy body and a happy mood, a healthy mood, not to mention the fun of just going ahead while, you know, while you're exercising, uh, the flow of energy that moves through you. Mm. Uh, it brings to mind Eastern Chinese medicine, which highlights the pathways of energy flowing through our bodies. These pathways have been called meridians. And I just thought this was so fascinating. You know, yeah, the, the yeah. meridians, they serve as pathways through which healing energy can flow and nurture the body. And so when you're exercising, you're assisting the flow of that healing energy through you. You know, my grandmother used to always say, the body is always healing itself. It's always healing itself. And it's true. The cells are always regenerating. And so exercising is a way to cooperate with that, uh, the smart kindness of the body, you know? Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the letter F, as in Frank, sure. or maybe something else. Yeah, so I, I'd love to talk about Future Perfect, but I, I also yes. want to mention this great idea of how the body's always healing itself yes. and to do that through exercise. I feel like a lot of times these days, I'm thinking the body's doing the complete opposite. 
There are a lot of people oh, that... Oh, goodness. I know, I know. <laughs> I knew this was going to well, happen. I, I didn't I know, but I, I just... Oh, okay. I hate to be a pessimist. I, no. I have this saying, you know, I, I always speech. talk like an optimist, <laughs> even if I'm, you know, see what's happening and I'm a realist and, and feel like a pessimist, but... Um, I, I promise there's there's an optimistic bend to this. Hallelujah. No, but I'm interested. <laughs> I love to learn, so I want to hear. Yeah. Great, great. So there are a community of people that feel like the whole process of aging is a disease, and they're trying to figure out life extension by curing aging. So to them, they feel like the body is always degenerating. You know, every year our, our skin gets wrinkles and our bones get a little bit weaker. Maybe our you know digestion and other you know, internal systems don't work like they did. I have Eastern Chinese medicine stuff <laughs> for that too, but yes, continue. That's great. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like maybe that's the, the hack to cure aging is we need more uh, Eastern medicine that can slow some of this down. But I think there's some really promising uh, projects that they're, they're doing there. And uh, maybe one day we'll cure aging and everyone will just live together and uh, live forever, uh, rather. I meant to say live forever. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's it would be great to live forever if if you everyone were if we were kind to one another. But right. like if you're if you've if, you, if you strayed away forever. from the kind path, then it might be hard to live forever because you might have a lot of enemies. And so right. maybe like and this now I'm going off. But this is kind of great. I guess I for Internet, I'm just flowing with it for a minute. One thing that's <laughs> nice about the Internet, and I hope I never regret this, but I have to say it. It has created this transparency, and so it really is like an age of integrity. It's almost mm. like the whole world is learning how to really come into alignment um, with the truth so that they don't have to worry about a day of like some documented something on the internet, you know, um, outing them. And so <laughs> this is going really negative really fast, but the point That's is... Okay. It, it, to live forever, for it to be worth it, it has to be a joyous existence. Yeah, and, yeah I feel that. Um, I, I just kind of think, I feel like integrity is like a prerequisite for that. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I totally get that. I, I think I'm often caught between two perspectives here because when I was doing work in the animal protection field, most people feel like life is suffering. It's just inherently bad. Mm. Because oftentimes we see so much footage of, of animals that are suffering and we can empathize with that and feel like there are a lot of bad things in our life. But there are also on the other side, a lot of people in the effective altruism community mm -hmm. think life's great. We should you know, eliminate suffering and make life yeah. uh, happen as much. But I, I think I'm caught in the middle of there right now. Yeah. Sometimes life is suffering, but at the end of the day, it's, it's worth living if you make a good life for yourself. Yeah, it can be great. make it better for others yeah, as well. Yeah, it has the potential to be great. I absolutely right. agree with that. Um, and I do like the idea of the anti-aging. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's a bit weird, but I, I'm interested too. That's a good mm -hmm. way to frame mm -hmm. it. Um, okay. So was that E? Yeah. I think that was Although E. That was F. Down? Oh, no, no. Yeah, that was E. So now we're on F for, for future perfect. You've got it. So future perfect is, is the section that I work at or, or on at, at Vox.com. And really this is a place outside of the normal news cycle we can talk about what really matters. Thank goodness. Yeah, it's good. We're not reliant on eyeballs or advertising uh, like some of our other sections are. So we, we don't have to think too much what's really newsy right now and you know, how can we attract the most clicks. I think we do care about spreading ideas that we care about. 
Um, but luckily, we're, we're grant supported. We, we have a grant from the Rockefeller Foundation. And with that, we're able to um, have a team of a few of us that are able to talk about some of these ideas within the effective altruism community that we feel like more people should be thinking about. Uh, so for example, we're really worried about pandemics and how that might spread. And perhaps we're not doing enough to make sure that pandemics don't kill us all. Uh, mm -hmm. But what's really fascinating about this is that we've been able to have people talk about this. And we hope that uh, the right people will see this. So far, some politicians have already read and, and shared our work, which is great to see. It is. Um, so one day, maybe we'll live in a world where the risk of pandemics is very low and you know, we'll have good aging and ultimately we'll minimize as much suffering as possible and, and everyone will have great well-being. Absolutely. I, I personally believe that that's already kind of here and it's just going to be here more and more and more. Um, but, you know, I like to live in my little world of sunshine. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I love that. I don't think I realized that you weren't, uh, that that section wasn't at the mercy of popular opinion. I am so pleased to hear that because, you know, it's great to, you know, the market is great. I kind of understand it. And I know that I don't understand it well enough to try to, you know, push it aside. Like, <laughs> clearly, there's great value. Uh, but not everything should be controlled, especially not our ideas. Mm. You know, they shouldn't be stifled by profit. So um, I'm pleased to know that that's an independent an independent source of information. Okay, so moving on to G for generosity. Generosity, this is when, so this is a word that just popped into my head on the subject because when you give from a place of relative ease to something or to someone that you genuinely appreciate, you can't help but feel an infusion of joy, you know, while you're doing it. You just, you just feel this joy. You mm. become a cheerful giver. And this brings to mind a nonprofit organization called Share Our Strength. Um, Share Our Strength, they work to heal childhood hunger in the United States through campaigns like No Kid Hungry. The very name of this organization resonates. It resonates with the idea of celebrating one's ability to serve, um, appreciating one's strength, and sharing that strength with joy. If we recall the ecosystem problem-solving approach I mentioned with collaboration, collaborating, you know, it's smart to help our neighbors, and, you know, it's wise to do so with a generous state of mind. You know, you walk away from it all feeling empowered, not drained. And so generosity is smart kindness. I do. I, I definitely think generosity is smart kindness. Just like acknowledgement and collaboration, I, I do think we have... And Dharma, it's all the <laughs> yes, same concept exactly, of but it's helping others. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I think that's, that's smart kindness. You have to acknowledge that others need your help, and we all have the capacity to help. Mm -hmm. um, and with this being in mind, I, I do want to shamelessly plug something we have. Feel free. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so my, my colleague, uh, one of our, our staff writers, who's actually our, our lead writer and helped found the project, Dylan Matthews, he's wrote an end-of-year giving guide. Um, and he's using the same framework of effective altruism to take a look at solving some of these tough problems around generosity. Mm. Now, what, what sort of causes should you support? And how much can you afford to give away? Mm. And which sort of programs are doing the most work? 
and just some other ways to do good because in talking about generosity and charitable giving is tough. Um, I know I like nice things, <laughs> and you know life can get very expensive very quickly. Mm. Just the recurring costs. Um, I've had some car difficulty lately, and you just have to take care of those unexpected adult consequences. Mm. It can be very hard to step aside and be generous, but I feel like when we do, we have the compassion and the capability to make the world better, and I think that makes us happier as well. Yeah, and I think I, I think you raise a very good point there. I guess it it is kind of like dharma, right? Because to be generous, y- you have to first have gratitude. You have yeah, to first yeah. like have an aha moment where life has presented you with some sort of surplus yeah. that you feel comfortable passing along. You, you know, it's like a freely mm. you receive, freely you give kind of kind of energy, not a yeah. So anyway, uh, moving on to H for happiness. <laughs> yeah, you have to be happy to be able <laughs> to uh, give dharma. These just to me. Yeah, it's well, good. Yeah, and um, you know the health smart effects. Kindness. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is smart kindness because yeah. I think it's kind of great that like our emotions. There's uh, you know research out there that shows that when you're happy, you know it's it's like a strength. Right. You know, it's a strength to your your entire body, and so it also makes it easier to feel joyful and full of energy. And, you know, thus be kind to people, you know, uh, there are all of these caffeine and kindness memes on the internet. So I think that's proper. Like <laughs> that's just showing <laughs> you right there that when people are happy, uh, they're nicer, their kindness. But, um, another word for H is Hertz and specifically the 528 Hertz frequency in music, mm-hmm. um, there's a growing body of research pointing to 528, that's 528 Hertz music as an audible frequency that attunes the listener to a state of pure positive happiness. Um, full disclosure, I've YouTubed this a couple of times and I love it. <laughs> um, I love it mainly because at work it allows me to tune out a noisy coworker or two and uh, it keeps me kind <laughs> on the inside and I have great work products. So. I get that. Well, that's so smart told. kindness. <laughs> We have an open floor um, layout of our office, so I, I definitely mm. get that. We're very headphone friendly, you, you could say, is a way of you know, being able to focus on your work and take that external sound out. So I, w- I will definitely go on YouTube and take a look at 528 Hertz music. Is there a specific playlist or song that you want to shout out? Um, well, when you Google it, yes. I mean, uh, All right. initially I was going to say no, but now I'll say yes. It's Sorry, just, it just sounds so good, and I'm so happy. No. Oh, okay, so if you Google 528HZ, um, the third video to pop up in the videos on YouTube is one that says Miracle Tone, um, and it's only an hour long. It's like an hour long and 11 minutes. And mm. it's um, the description says Miracle Tone of Transformation plus Powerful Positive... But the date is October 3rd, 2017, and this just makes me so happy. It's just like the happiest music I've ever heard. So that's a good one. But there are loads of them. There are some that will put you straight to sleep. So um, just the first three that pop up on Google. Great. Thank you so much. I'll personally definitely check that out. Yeah, it's a it's a game changer. It's a life, a life changer. Okay. Um, I guess we'll move on to letter I. I... Uh, inner kindness, of course, came to mm-hmm. mind. And it's the notion that 
Since we have no real say in other people's final thought selection, and I want to underscore selection here now because I know you're in the media space with Vox and, you know, clearly the media has a lot to do with influencing people. It's wonderful that we have the media because it helps to um, focus ideas on a national and international level as well as, you know, a local level. It just helps to bring a community together in a way of thinking. But when it comes time to make the final choice, that's a, that's a one-person job. Every person makes the choice for themselves. And so with that being the case, I just think that we should be all the more interested in the gift of personal thought and feeling mm -hmm. curation. Um, I, I, you know, you do hold the key to your personal treasure of kind thoughts toward yourself and toward others. And when that inner kindness box is full, you can't help but see life and others in a kind light. So, you know, making your thought life a kindness-only zone is smart. It's smart to keep it kind on the inside. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Definitely agree. I, I think as much as I like to expose that economic development is important and <laughs> sometimes the easiest way to help people is just give them money. I've seen some very rich people that are very sad and mm. you know, vice versa. And a lot yeah. of times it's, it's a choice of yeah. recognizing what we can do with our life and how we want to feel about it. And sometimes just there are consequences we can change and, uh, can't be too hard on yourself too t mm. too much, and I absolutely I'm guilty yeah. of that. So oh. it's a good reminder of uh, we all are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it is. It's kind of like it's a way to stop the, you know, the inner cycle. Like da -da 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 -da, just come into the present moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's take it to Jay. Jay, it's one of my favorites. So um, Jay is for justice, and full mm. disclosure, I. Um, I did spend some time working with the Department of Justice, and um, I'm so pleased that we live in a nation that has a Department of Justice. Um, justice here, and I'm just speaking uh, on behalf of myself and the Inner Kindness brand, what, how we would describe justice. Uh, it's, it's more like the outcome of what it would look like you know, to Mortimer Adler's question. Mortimer Adler, a wonderful uh, professor and just philosopher, he asked us to imagine he, uh, what the world would look like. Uh, I think the quote is, think how different human societies would be if they were based on love rather than justice. Mm -hmm. And when I read that quote, I immediately... I appreciated it, of course, but I also thought to myself, you know, what popped into my head was Martin Luther King Jr.'s definition of justice. And, you know, I think, well, his, his definition is justice is love. It's love correcting that which revolts against love. And I 100% agree that true justice is love. It's perfect love. And the answer to Mortimer Adler's question is that societies hopefully one day will see that justice is love. It's not, it's not violence. Um, so anything to add to Jay or? <laughs> yeah, I have so much. I don't want to get 
too political, but I think there's so much in our criminal justice system oh, of that course. we could work on. Oh, of course. And that's why I'm excited for M, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I don't even remember what M is, but... Oh, good. Oh, oh. all right, all right. <laughs> well, you'll see when we get to M. Uh, there's some smart kindness that will happen there. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm personally very excited about... Norwegian prison systems mm. and how they're taking a look at the individual and, and treating humans like humans and really taking a systematic look at, you know, why did this person learn these behaviors and why do they become this way? I love you that. Know, they've yeah. been training themselves their whole life on lying, on manipulating, on hurting others. And mm. how do we give them a normal life where they can provide for society? It's a very, very different system than we have here in America. Yeah. And the recidivism rates are, are about half of what they used to be in these, these prisons. So. I believe it sounds like they're restoring the person so that when yeah. they come out, they can be whole and they can participate. That's so wonderful. It reminds me of what some juvenile... There, there are some restorative justice programs at the juvenile detention center level, but you know, I'm not an expert in this space. But I fully. Sure am I. <laughs> but, but you know what? <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to be able to point to examples of success, right. like the Norwegian system that you've mentioned. So, and really, just by focusing on the desired outcome, you know, it's like Raja Yoga. It tells us that the the solution will make itself known to us. So that's kind of cool. It's very cool. So I, I keep a look on, I think North Dakota is doing some pilot programs around this. this and we have so a story great. on it on Vox. That's how I heard about oh, it. Oh, I got to check that <laughs> out. I've been, I've been off my game lately. I, I got to. Oh, okay. okay, North Dakota and Norway. We I can also it. drop that in, in the notes. I, I think it recently published. We're, we're publishing soon. These notes are going to be so fire. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Yes, That's we're going to have such great notes. Okay. So what's, what's K? K is for the Kalamazoo Promise. Mm. All right, guys, try, try not to feel bad that, you know, none of us are from Kalamazoo. Maybe, maybe people out there are listening are from Kalamazoo, and yeah. that's great. One of my best friends is from Kalamazoo. Yeah, well, Kalamazoo is amazing, and the rest of the country needs to learn. Uh, Kalam the Kalamazoo Promise is a pledge by a group of anonymous donors to pay up to 100% of tuition mm. at any of Michigan State's colleges. So that means U of M, guys. That means Michigan State. That means a lot of things. Um, or universities. For graduates of public high schools of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Just think of what this does for a family. You know, wondering how they're going to pay for their children's college education. You know, just think of parents now working to keep a roof over their head, food on the table, and trying to save for college in an environment where there are headlines that are constantly warning us, uh, you know, of a new recession that's coming. I mean... This would be amazing to know that your children, their college education was already paid for. So uh, the program was unveiled in November of, 25, of uh, 2005. It was unveiled at a Kalamazoo Board of Education meeting. Um, and this program has now been viewed as an economic development tool for Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. Research has shown a holistic benefit to the community from the student participation level, where they show that students' test scores have increased, uh, there's increased college enrollment, college credits attempted, and credential attainment. So that means, you know, all the way success from start to finish. But also at the school district level, you know, enrollment in the school district, the Kalamazoo School District, has grown by 16%. 
And if you look at the net community level, you know, given the scholarships, um, this has increased the educational attainment. And it serves as a big incentive for working parents to reside in Kalamazoo and to contribute to the local economy of Kalamazoo. So I, I'm from Bloomfield Township, Michigan. We didn't have this, but it would have been nice if we did. <laughs> It'd be nice if everyone had this. I completely agree. I think this is smart kindness. Mm -hmm. it's, it seems like there are a lot of benefits, and it's paying back into the system. And I'd love to see some people talk to governments about trying this out and other individuals sponsoring this and getting it at a bigger level. It seems like it has the capacity to scale, and uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Thank you, Kalamazoo, <laughs> for showing us this. <laughs> um, so for the letter L... Uh, two words came to mind, leisure time and loomy juice. Um, mm. Leisure time, you know, we live in a knowledge economy, so it seems it's weird that it's still a luxury to be afforded the time to learn. Um, you know, and to be able to learn at the instruction of your own curiosity, that, you know, that's a luxury. So, you know, what if schools instituted a 90-minute block of time, maybe call it leisure time, uh, with a flexible syllabus providing a list of books from which students could choose to read about the topic that most inspired them. Uh, it would be a way of allowing their dharma to flow. Mm. You know? um, I, I've even heard of certain offices giving staff like an hour on Friday to have leisure time but, er, or learning time, I think is what it's called. That's better than nothing, you know, <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not good. counted as a time for like productivity. Right. So it's carved out. Um, and then Lumi juice is just this amazing cold pressed juice. It's organic. It's made, you know, this, the, the portion is like a moderate 10 ounce. So you're not, you know, over drinking. And uh, it provides mega nutrients without excess sugar or calories. I think morning sunrise orange juice is only 55 calories. And further, the name of the drink is really smart kindness. The name of the drink is an acronym for love you mean it. So I think that's smart kindness. That's great. That sounds right up your alley. And I'll have to get a Lumi juice as well. I, I wish they're there was They're on every corner. Could. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm surprised. I've never, never seen them. And well, I'm only they're you know, tiny. three quarters of a mile away. <laughs> they're at Pete's. I don't, know where you, I don't know where you go, but like they're at Pete's Phil's. So I'm a coffee house person. So they're uh, like a little, not, not a coffee house person, but I like my coffee. And oh, me too. There's some yeah. great coffee in D.C. There is, there is. Um, okay, so M, I have music, and, you know, we talked about how music can inspire us with cheerful energy, but it can also meet us in tough times, and it can let us know that we're not alone. And so the empathy of music, mm. um, I deeply appreciate that. And the other item for M is the MacArthur Foundation, which connects us to uh, criminal justice reform. Uh, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation supports creative people, effective institutions, and influential networks, building more just, verdant, and peaceful world. A more just, verdant, and peaceful. So I thought you might like the verdant part because you know the green. Um, mm. Anyways, I'm particularly excited about their work around criminal justice, specifically uh, how they are working to address over-incarceration by changing the way America thinks about and uses jails. I wonder if they've been 
you know, looking at Norway. I don't know. I hope so. I don't know if they think quite that radically and that we need to shift the whole system, but I hope so. I hope there's some people there and beyond that are inspired and that, you know, want to give humans a, a, a more humane treatment at, at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm thrilled that it's happening, and whatever they're doing, I'm, I'm just glad that they're shining a light on, on this issue. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I don't even think Norway's radical, but, you know, maybe I'm a little <laughs> radical, so... <laughs> anyway. I feel that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so moving on to the next letter, N, I think that's yours. That is. For N, I'd like to talk about negligence, which sounds like <laughs> a bit probably. different. <laughs> yeah, so... It, it doesn't quite sound like, like dharmic energy or some of the other forms of smart kindness, but a lot of times there's some really great ideas like what's happening in Norway, for example, that people just haven't heard about yet or maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about yet. And what's really neat about the effective altruism framework is that we take a look at these kind of things and we think if there aren't a lot of people that are, are you know, doing this work yet, we can have more impact on the margin. Oh, I see. So that's like, I guess the kindness of, so negligence, where issues are neglected, it, looking at it with a positive light, like that's presenting a space for positive change? Or Right, right. Oh. So if, if there aren't a lot of people doing prison reform or working on pandemics, if we can oh. shine a light on that, then maybe we'll be able to have more change than, say, if we work in education policy a lot of people are working and yeah, it's like a sure tug of war kind of that's true yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's great i like it me too so what's <laughs> what do we got for o oh we have oranges <laughs> we do it's a great response <laughs> oh oh <laughs> it's magic you know. okay oranges uh not only their nutrients hello vitamin c additionally their scent in traditional chinese medicine uh bergamot is used to help move qi energy, especially digestive qi. I think we were talking about indigestion. Uh, mm. So, you know, oranges can help treat indigestion. Um, additionally, studies have also found links between the scent of an orange and a happier mood. Mm. So, um, don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Sounds great. That's smart kindness. Yeah. Uh, and then I have P. P is for Pilates because it's an inclusive workout. I mean, did you know that it's safe for pregnant women? Um, there was a study that found elder, elderly participants in their 60s and beyond um, who undertook just five weeks of Pilates had less of a chance of falling for an entire year because of their improved balance. So I think that's really great. Not to mention, you know, it just helps strengthen the body from the inside out. And it helps to reduce mental tension, such as anxiety or headaches. So Pilates is great for well-being, and I think that that's a smart kindness. Um, next, we have Q for chi, which is spelled Q-I. Uh, and chi, Merriam-Webster defines it as the vital energy that is held to animate the body internally and is of central importance in some Eastern systems of medicine uh, medicinal treatments such as acupuncture, acupuncture, and uh, for exercise or self-defense, such as Tai Chi. I think it's nice to be mindful of and grateful for the vital energy flowing through us and others. Mm -hmm. It's nice to honor the life force within oneself and everybody else. You know, it's like through Chi, we kind of 
namastes or I don't know. Exactly. We acknowledge this this vital energy that helps us give back. And if we're mindful of chi, then we can be more mindful of ourselves and 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 that's smart kindness. Yeah, and the reciprocity of it all, you know, whether it's helping a neighbor or helping animals or helping the earth, like just kind of this this community of chi. <laughs> anyway, for the visual folks out there. Um R oh R is reciprocity. That's right. Yes. Um, and I have in parentheses of good, not harm. So uh, restorative justice is also a word that popped into my mind for R. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the idea is that sending someone into a punitive litigation system may not be the smartest idea. Um, seeking to understand the core of a conflict the motives behind the destructive behavior, that helps to stop the cycle of destructive behavior. Mm. And, uh, you know, it prevents future conflicts. So, you know, I guess the idea, the main idea that was popping into my head was that, you know, making one person unwhole is not the way to make another person whole. Exactly. I, I think this sort of justice is exactly what I was talking about before, and it's definitely smart kindness. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> um, moving on to S. So we're making pretty good time. We're, you know, uh, S, uh, two words came to mind, sunrise and social emotional learning. Uh, the greeting of a new sunrise inspires me with hope that cannot be compared to anything tangible. Mm. And I think that's for a lot of people. And today the sun, we couldn't see the sun, so I wasn't as happy this morning. But that's okay. <laughs> I feel uh, that. <laughs> but, um... Social emotional learning curriculums in schools, you know, they help to acknowledge the climate of a classroom. And, you know, they, these curriculums work with students and faculty to intentionally co-create a safe space mm. where everyone feels safe from harm and they feel safe to participate in intellectually vigorous dialogue, you know, the kind of dialogue that leads to powerful learning and the sharing of novel ideas the type of ideas that help push society forward. I mean, if you think of the Industrial Revolution, or even today's technology boom, uh, you know, patents issued in the United States, they require an idea to not only be useful, but it has to be novel, meaning it has to be new. Well, you know, it takes courage to share a new idea, you know? Um, People, you you have to be willing to be disliked sometimes if you're going to share a new idea. You have to have, you know what my grandmother would call thick skin. <laughs> so, you know, it behooves communities to affirm a classroom culture of kindness, you know, so we can have lots of little geniuses inventing great things for the world, right? creating like value. We just embrace some of these weird ideas and, and try them out. I think we'd get some happy experiments, and it seems like that, that could be one of them. That's yeah. part of the same idea. So that takes us to, to T, which is... That's right. It's tractability. Something that we've talked about and hinted at throughout this podcast is scaling up ideas. And that's exactly what this is about. I think it's really smart kindness to take a look at programs that not only help one time and have a good effect when you help a few people, that we can take them into different communities and help more and more people mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. And this idea is really taking a look at what, what traction can we get behind ideas and, and how do we ultimately make them to small, uh, mm. to, to scale, rather. Yeah. 
No, that that's great. Anything that can cause traction. I mean, I, that's the point when uh, stuff becomes a reality or, you know, mm. tangible. And so that's always nice. You know, I can dream about a smoothie all day, but it's great when I actually have the smoothie and I have the nutrients. And so tractability. Yes. Um, you. Oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorites. Oh, me too. It's, <laughs> this is one of those radical ideas, but it, it doesn't have to be one. Yeah, it shouldn't be so radical. I mean, if I can understand it, anyone can understand it. So you is for universal basic income. And it's the idea of a government giving its residents... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> this is my definition, by the way. There are lots of definitions out there, folks, but I'm just going to cut through it all, and I'm just going to give you the definition that I like. So the idea of a government giving its residents a monthly sum of cash, monthly, sufficient to allow for those residents to live somewhere in the governing jurisdiction of the benefactor government and to afford food for the entire month. Um, it seems like a long overdue act of basic kindness to fellow human beings facing housing and food anxiety every day all over the world. To tie this basic income to a work or citizenship, citizenship status rather than a physical presence status is to perpetuate the systems of exclusion which continue to render our neighborhoods as invisible beings or our neighbors, but you know that we can have so many neighbors that they, it becomes the whole neighborhood being invisible. Um, when they are actually quite visibly suffering right before our eyes. Um, and so th that's how I feel about it. I do want to say hats off to Alaska. Uh, today, I, this afternoon, randomly, I, I just saw a BBC article this afternoon explaining the state's process for giving its residents, on average, $1,000 every year. Um, I like this because it's not tied to a working status. Um, and a work status is actually a privilege, if we're being completely honest. Mm. It's not like we're all entitled to work. We have to hope that someone likes us enough and keeps liking us. Um, at any rate, the money dispersed is tied to a value justification of the oil resources in Alaska. This makes me think, why can't Michigan do something similar with the state's fresh water resource? Um, it also further makes me think, what's stopping the federal government from acknowledging the value of spectrum, the airspace above us through which all of the Wi-Fi travels? You know, the spectrum over the United States and all of its US territories. So now, if we could select a set amount, not an average where some get $300 and others 3,000, I think that's what it is in Alaska. Um, they, they get close to 300 and I think like 28,000, depending mm -hmm. upon a needs test or some kind of factorial test. But I would say just make it count, make it one amount, say 3,000, and up the frequency to once a month for all of the states and territories, including the District of Columbia. Um, you know, we would really be one awesome nation, I in totally my opinion. I totally agree. I think <laughs> that's epitome of smart kindness. I, I'm very fortunate that I never had to deal with food insecurity as a kid and mm -hmm. that we were financially secure growing up. but. That's a privilege not a lot of people are able to afford, and just getting the basics of life is, is very hard for a lot of people. And yeah, I think we're getting to a point in a society in the information age where there's so much wealth that it's just becoming a distribution problem. That you know, some people get to eat every day and have a, a roof over their head, and, and others don't. 
Uh, so it's great to see you know, organizations like Give Directly that are taking a look at this and doing pilot samples of, of UBI for universal basic income mm-hmm. and saying that this is really human right. We should all you know, have this sense of security for our food. And Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just in other countries. I, I didn't right. know. I mean, yeah. I'm very grateful that I didn't have food insecurity. I'm, if anything, I ate too much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, all jokes aside, one thing I enjoyed about my time you know, working for a venture philanthropy firm. <laughs> laughing. I just spill water. Oh, this is sorry. another one of those moments. I was like, hey, I got, I'm not. Anyway, now I'm like, am I still chubby? Anyway, no, no, no. You're <laughs> um, but there are a lot of schools right here in the United States in almost, you know, every, every city. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's a zip code situation where, you know, they're just, they're, there's, there aren't the resources. And so you have kids coming to school and they're starving and so they can't do their homework. Um, and then we also have students who are in our public school systems who are migrant students who come here with their parents to work yeah. on, you know, the farms. And then when the season is over, they have to go back, you know, to Mexico and the children have to leave in the middle of the school year. And there's just a lot of, and you know, every, everyone's trying, no one is a lot of people don't know about these issues, but I figure once you know about them, it's easier to be compassionate or more willing to be creative about how can we create value. You know, I, we don't have to take money out of someone's paycheck to afford a UBI. I don't, I'm not sure that that's necessary. I, I don't, again, I don't see why we can't acknowledge the value around us. You know, spectrum is, is one op- option, but what Alaska has done with oil, what Michigan should be doing with water. You know, all of these resources are gifts. It's not like there's one person who's creating all the oil. The oil is Mm. there. So the spectrum is there. It's just coming into alignment and monetizing that. So anyway, maybe we should move on to V, because I could talk about this all day and I could get in trouble. So Oh, (laughs) I I could talk about UBI as well. I think it's one of the most fascinating things. It could be a whole podcast episode as well, but (laughs) you're right. What's... What, what's V here? Yeah. Um, v is for Vada. Vada dosha. Vada is an energy. You know, Jess Ewart is, um, she has an article in the Aspen Peak magazine, and mm. it helps to explain Vada. Uh, in Ayurveda, doshas are a different biological energy. Uh, there are different types of biological energies. Vada dosha is one of those energies, and it's comprised of air and space. And it's very dominant in places that are cold, dry, windy, and windy, um, especially high altitude. And people with a lot of vada, they walk fast, they talk fast, and they're idea factories. Mm. Another expert shares that everyone has this energy. So it's not just some people that are empowered with vada. Everyone has it or has the ability to have it. Um, And that... When vada has a predominance in our bodies, it shows up through our free-thinking, free-floating, free-flying nature. I am particularly fond of this invigorating energy when it feels like a whirlwind of strong, pure love flowing through you Mm. effortlessly to others. You know, it's really like an inner kindness, I think, Um, a type of inner kindness. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the willingness to be free-flowing to allow the beautifully smart and kind ideas to just flow through you as if you were a branch, you know, without tainting them with preconceived notions. That feels like smart kindness to me, you know? 
like letting the nature flow. Um, do you have anything for V? Yeah, I, I think that this energy is really interesting. I haven't heard of it quite like this, but I have heard of a flow state of mind, which seems like it's very similar, of getting into this mind space where you're doing what you love and things are sort of second nature. It's just natural. You know exactly what to do and where everything is and that you have this high energy sense of being the most productive, best mm. person you can be. Yeah. And I agree when, when you're in that state, uh, I think you can share that compassion with others. And it goes back to this idea that if you don't take care of yourself and we're not in a place of gratitude mm. and creates happiness, it becomes harder and harder mm. to give back. And I, I think it would be great to figure out how can we channel these good energies and uh, help help spread them to others. That's a good good thought, that smart kindness. Smart kindness, and very well said. Uh, yeah, I like the, the terms you used around that because you're right, it is like a flow. Yeah. Um, thanks. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I definitely didn't come up with flow states of mind. But no, but I think it helps <laughs> to connect to the viewer or the listener who was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> like, we'll use a Western word here. <laughs> or no, it, but it was good. It just it, it made connections in my mind um, about right. how like Vada was always happening before I even knew the, the term. Mm-hmm. Um, so W, uh, this, you know, Washington, the state of Washington popped into my mind because I, th- I think I heard, uh, I want to say it was Future Perfect, it, it, maybe it was the impact, it was a Vox uh, oh, podcast, podcast that I listened to. Could be. And um, they talked about the Democracy Voucher Program, and I oh, yeah. loved this. You this know? was the impact. So this is Sarah Cliff's uh, show oh. that my friend Bird helps produce. Nice. Um, so yeah, please go, go ahead. Well, yeah, and this is not a, s- a substitute for that show because... You should go hear the show. But um, the Democracy Voucher Program hosted by the city of Seattle and the state of Washington, this is collaboration right here. I love it um, at its best. According to the seattle.gov website, the Seattle Ethics and Elections Commission offers a new way for Seattle residents to participate in local government. Eligible Seattle residents receive $100 in democracy vouchers to support candidates in the city of Seattle elections. The Democracy Voucher Program aims to encourage more Seattle residents to donate to campaigns and, or, you know, to even run for elected positions if they feel so inspired to do that. Um, This is a smart kindness in that it's an innovative approach to empowering people with agency, you know, and even at the beginning of the election process. You know, just think if you can support your candidate that's this, this new up and newcomer at the at the onset, you know, they need that to even be able to make it to the final running. So, right. It makes this process much more equitable and democratizes it. Yeah. And I don't know much about it, but um, you definitely shared your excitement with me. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's I did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's great because it's, it's also, you know, people can argue all day that, oh, corporations shouldn't be allowed to contribute. But. You know, it, it's good to look for a yes instead of to continue to complain mm. about a no. So, anyway, moving on to X, Sammy, our guide. Gladly. I'll talk about X risk for this one, which is short for existential risk. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not quite something that feels good, but these are kind of things that have the possibility to destroy us all. 
Um, which, as I said that, I broke but our <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But. They can destroy our bodies, not our hearts. Our hearts go on. <laughs> we are energy. No, anyway. But what's so great and, and why this is smart kindness, because mitigating these risks so they're less and less every year is a form of smart kindness because it makes sure that the world can go on and we can still help. Hallelujah. So <laughs> one of the best ways I like to put this into perspective is taking a look at nuclear war. Unfortunately, there are a lot of nuclear weapons that exist right now. And that inherently is a risk. Every year, there's a slight chance that, you know, someone, <laughs> uh, maybe someone in Washington... <laughs> oh, my goodness, no! <laughs> you know, oh. doesn't get oh. too happy with, uh, with one of their political enemies oh, who yeah. decides to, oh to push a button. <laughs> um, and what people in the nuclear safety community do is try to figure out how can we make that percent closer and closer to zero every year. Hmm. Because okay. right now, some people say it's at about 1%, which is very terrifying, because that means in the next century... It, it's almost probable that there's going to be another nuclear war. And if there's a nuclear war, it could be catastrophic for tens, you know, hundreds. Is Kathleen, it, okay, is this, this might be, forgive me if this is um, like, a, like a, a very uninformed question. No, there's no, no such thing please. as a stupid question, but no it could be thing. like a We're, we're coming at this question. from different, different places. Um, I, I freaked out about this probably a bit more, but now I'm very calm and excited about it. It's, um, taken, it's taken some time. It's okay to be nervous. <laughs> Don't we have like these domes that protect you from like missiles? Like, isn't there like this dome technology? I remember a few years mm. ago hearing on the news something about like there was a dome that was covering Israel. There's a dome covering the United States, and I imagine that there must be domes covering everyone from. But the, the, maybe that's from a different kind of missile. I don't know if there are physical domes. I bet there oh. are some. Like an energy dome. I mean, like a right. like a. Like so an invisible dome, but like a dome that's impenetrable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure someone in the government would phrase it like that, which is great. Oh. It's like <laughs> impenetrable dome. But what we do have are anti-ballistic missiles, and they, they essentially act like this. So in, in Israel, all across the state of Israel, they have a lot of these. And there are a lot of them in places like you know, Washington, D.C. that have a higher risk of, of nuclear fallout. And what it does is they'll sense when a bomb's coming, mm-hmm. and then... They oh, blow wow. up the bombs so With it could never, precision. you know, reach the ground. So they, mm. they track incoming objects. That's risky. What if you miss it? What if you're off by just a hair? Well, you hope that doesn't happen. But these, okay. these work very, very well okay. from what I understand. So I, I think the, the risk of them not working well is slow and, okay. and slim. But Good. there are so many of them that um, we always want to make sure there are more of these anti-ballistic missiles than the actual, you know, intercontinental missiles oh, that... Yeah. It could be coming from somewhere. Hmm. And that's that's how the game is played, is just <laughs> balancing out all of all of the weapons that, that come out. That's nice to look at it as a game. I guess you remove the fear, because fear can be paralyzing. <laughs> no, I'm not being... Yeah. Just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm no, actually being true. quite, like, earnest here. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. Um, whew, I'm glad it's not my expertise. But I'm also glad that somebody is handling it, you know? That is smart. That's genius kindness. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I really wish, you know... This is talked about more, and more people are working on it. But I, I am glad that there are a lot of people that care about nuclear safety mm. and are, are even working in, in the Defense Department to really make sure that, you know, it's and recognizing it's not good for anyone when right. some of these happen. And I think it's interesting because this conversation happened decades ago with Kennedy and, is it Stalin, I think? or I don't know. It's just funny that we're still talking about it. But yeah. 
I guess like as long as we have free will, you know, someone can always, you know, feel like they need to nuke up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does, does feel like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm sure I could talk about X risk for a while, talk about climate change, talk about the existential risks of AI development, and all these other things that uh, make both of our heads hurt a bit. But and my answer would always be just hold fast to your inner kindness, even <laughs> if everything. Ex- blows up that's right your inner kindness is is always going to be there for you so um that being said do you want to take us to why yes i think i'd like to why um yin and yang uh this principle uh i I really like what it shares around you know male and female energy i appreciate Mm. the great chinese wisdom around balance um strength is beautiful but only when it's kind. That's right. I think for every missile we have, we have to get the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't <laughs> I don't even know if the missile is, meets, the, meets the litmus test. I right. mean, it might be strong, but where is the kindness in it? You know? It puts to mind the visual of, of, I think it was in Tiananmen Square, where they, they put the flower out to the tank that came out. Oh. It's that symbol of oh. love in, in the face of aggression and terror. Yeah. I love that. I want to get a picture of that. Um, and then, okay, lastly, we're at the letter Z. Do you have anything you want to add? Because mine is kind of, it's, I love it, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think this was a cute idea. Okay. Um, I, I wish I had something else to add, but I think it's a good one to wrap up Okay, on. we will wrap up with zipper shoes. I like the idea of making basic goods accessible to people. Mm. So shoes with zippers, you know, for example... Um, the zipper shoes for people who may have a challenge, you know, trying to tie their shoes. It's nice to have the option to zip your shoe. Um, just thinking about all of the members of our community. So that's it. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on this conversation. Sammy, thank you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we were able to go through uh, the alphabet of different versions of smart kindness. Yeah. Feature such fantastic ideas. Oh, yeah. I, I learned so much today. And um, I'm so happy that, you know, these ideas are everywhere in society. And, you know, smart kindness has been around for a while. And it's just growing more and more. And, you know, it's just up to us to notice it and celebrate it. And so with that being said... Um, We'll, we'll continue to keep an eye on Future Perfect at Vox.com. Um, it's a place to go when you, you want to know what's going on in the world, you know, news that you can use. Mm. Um, so that's great. And until next time. Oh, wait, wait, I forgot. I have to ask you about books. Books. That's right. Share that's right. your recommendation on books that are, you know, smart and kind. Thank you. I, I'd love to feature two books. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to read as many books as I'd like to these days. But oh, I think leisure, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It, <coughs> it is a real, real privilege. Yeah. Um, but two books that I've read in, in the last few years that have really stood out are one book called 80,000 Hours that is put out by yes, yes. an organization of the same name. It's about this concept that we all only have a certain amount of time in our careers, and we should really take a look at what do we want to do with our lives and how do we make that matter? How do we find personal fulfillment? And when I found this when I was in college, it really resonated with me. And I'm glad that I was able to take some of their advice. And I think anyone, especially people that are early on in their careers, it's a great read. And um, if you go onto their website, 
the whole book is online for free as well. So Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's you, amazing. If you go to 80,000hours.org, they have a whole email series even you could do. Yeah, that's so, so great. And it, it points people to, like, the jobs that might be a, a great fit for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a look at what's, what's your personal fit? What kind of person are you? And what kind of work would you even like to do? Because maybe you're doing something great or earning a lot of money, but if you're miserable, then... That's not smart kindness. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not, not smart. It's not kind for yourself, and it's not, it's not sustainable. And it takes a look at how can you balance all of that and still do the things that matter for you. It's like a Dharma-conscious you know, career guide. Right, right. That is right. so cool. And it's, it's the best one out there. I, I have a lot of faith to you know, my colleagues at 80,000 Hours. Yeah. And I'm grateful they were on the Future Perfect podcast as well. So um, that's great. And the other book... 80,000 Hours. I... I'd like to um, to shout out is called Doing Good Better, mm. and this was written by William McCaskill. Will is one of the founders of the Effective Altruism Movement, and this is really thought of as a Bible to a lot of effective mm. altruists, which might be too strong of a word, but I think it's, it's well-meaning. It has a lot of examples of smart kindness in there. It takes nice. a look at different programs that have scaled well and been able to help a lot of people, and takes a look at how to assess charity and other ways of doing mm. good. And that really assessed my model of how can I best help other people and how could I do good better, as the title implies. It's very, I like it, it's to the point. It's like, do good better, you know, like, uh, that, even that is nice. It's like letting you know right away <laughs> what it's about. That's um, right. Could I do a, a third? Is absolutely. That? Okay. Absolutely. I, I have to give another shout out to my friend J.C. Reese, who recently published The End of Animal Farming. Yeah. And this... Um, book is a roadmap for how can we eliminate some of the worst cases of animal suffering in the next hundred years hmm. this book totally sold out in the first day on amazon oh my goodness which was really fantastic to see i think that's a good sign for the animal protection movement and uh, for effective altruists that are working on animal protection as well i unfortunately haven't read it quite yet but i've from heard what my about friends it have said, you did, yeah Oh, it's great. I'm glad. I'm glad you've heard about it. And I, I, I think I heard about it from you. I think uh, that's where I learned about it. Oh, it, great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I know there have been some great media clips as well from that book, and I, I've seen it go around the web, and that's really exciting. We're able to interview him, which was fantastic. So um, definitely recommend checking out the end of animal farming. And I especially recommend Doing Good Better by Will McCaskill and 80,000 Hours. Well, these are some great uh, books, great reads. Thanks for pointing us um, to all of these really cool resources. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for giving me the platform to, to talk about them. And, and thank you for asking as well. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for contributing. And also, uh, how can people find you? How can they find you? That's a great question. So I've recently got on Twitter. I, I've only been using it seriously for about a few months, so... Please play nice, but there <laughs> I'm uh, at Sammy Freeze, S-A-M-M-Y-F-R-I-E-S. Last name's spelt like fries. Um, you could also shoot us an email at futureperfect at vox.com. It goes right to my email box, so if you Sweet. ever have ideas <laughs> of smart kindness that you think we should talk about in our vertical, I'll gladly take those a look, and we can take a you know look at if our editor or writers have interest and Maybe you'll be able to get your version of smart kindness in, in the eyes of, you know, tens of thousands of people or, or hundreds of thousands if we're lucky. And, um, yeah. 
All right, guys, you've, you heard it here, folks. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for this alphabetical chat on smart kindness and well-being at the personal and community levels. And until next time, keep it kind in a smart way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye.